this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast, where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Alright, the next episode is free. I'm Kyle. <laughs> I'm Kyle Bolin. <laughs> I'm Jason Cavallari. And today we and are abandon talking... all hope, all ye who enter. Yeah, that's right, because we're going to Kingdom Death. Ooh. That is, I assume, the name of the place that we're in. This, the the setting yes. of this game is Kingdom Death. Yes. <laughs> and it's all creepy and nightmarish and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we're reviewing Kingdom Death monster there's colon. a colon in there. There's a colon in there there's yeah. a colon yeah you know you never pronounce it though so you just say kingdom death monster which right. sounds really silly it but does. it is pretty fun to say <laughs> kingdom death monster is a big game jason it is it's like physically large and mm-hmm. there's a lot to it it's got mm-hmm. a lot going on it's probably pretty long if you get to play a full campaign uh so what kind of game is kingdom death monster would you say how do we describe uh... this to the people well, it's like a Okay, so it's like a a, a co-op. It is. It is. So it's cooperative. There's um sort of like a miniatures element to it, like a large el- miniatures element to it. A huge miniatures element yes. to it. And it's also kind of like a civ building game. Y- yeah, like a uh let's see, management si- simulation a bit sort of. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like Civ building in an RPG kind of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll talk more on that later. But yeah, so there's basically like three main components to a a gameplay session for Kingdom of Death. There's the settlement phase where you are managing your settlement, right? Your little, basically like where a bunch of like pathetic, weak people have gathered together in a small community, like like a community of like 7 to 15 people or something, right? Uh, (laughs) To survive in this nightmarish hell landscape. And you do your best to discover things like, hey, ammonia, right? Or (laughs) language. We can talk to each other. Like, really basic stuff that then becomes, like, more advanced things later on. Uh, Among other things, right? There's, like, events that happen while you're back at camp that can, like, make all kinds of random things happen. Uh, And then once you're done with that, you go on a hunt. And that involves, like, a completely different setting where you are doing different types of events that ultimately lead up to you finding your quarry, which is when you get to, like, what we usually think of as, like, the meat and potatoes of, like, you know a miniatures board game because you go put a board on the table you put the monster you're going to fight on the table and then you and your three companions fight the monster and hopefully at least one of you survives that can bring the monster parts back that you carve off the monster back to the to the settlement phase so that in the next settlement phase you have things to use towards further development of the camp of uh combat resources like armor and weapons and things like that um right. consumables stuff like that uh and and building out the building out the camp further so that you've got more vendors or you know like places to craft armor or craft weapons or craft other useful things as well as other useful things that will affect stats in the game and just like sort of like the overall development in sort of like a compound way over time yeah so the sort of like a lot of people uh, might think of it as just sort of like a miniature skirmish type of thing but it's, it's not of, i mean it's not yeah, skirmish because it's cooperative yeah. but um, but really, like, that serves the larger story, I guess, because you have to do the the monster fighting and the monster hunting and that kind of stuff in order to get the stuff that you need to make your civilization progress. Yeah. 
But the big flashy part is the part with the minis and the fighting. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's the kind of game this is, which is rather unique. I think, like, you know, it's going to be difficult to not draw some comparisons to certain other games. Uh, You know, the most, I think, obvious example would be Gloomhaven. Because Gloomhaven involves miniatures combat, even though, like, really only you only have miniatures with the heroes in Gloomhaven. But anyway, you know, you've, you've got a bunch of monsters and some, some heroes on the board, you fight them, and then you go back to your sort of, like, in-between phase where you do some management. That's basically where the similarities end between these two games, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, so it's usually, it's usually, like, one monster, and it's yeah, really hard. So, like, a lot of the, the monsters in something like Gloomhaven or any other dungeon crawler really... A lot of them are just sort of, um, you know, cannon fodder. Yeah. Um, but in KDM, there's, you know, there's a, a the monster that you're hunting and fighting is tough and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And whenever Jason says KDM, he means Kingdom Death Monster. Yeah. That's shorthand yeah, yeah. for that. Uh, this game is designed by Adam Poots, P-O-O-T-S. Art is by Zine Chin, Lockman Lamb, and Lorinda Tomko. It is published by Kingdom Death. So apparently the community or the the kingdom or the civilization of Kingdom Death has published this game for itself. <laughs> kingdom Death LLC. Yes. Uh but yeah, this this is the game that was kind of the genesis of Jason and I's well, sort of the chain of events that led to us doing a podcast. Yeah. Uh we have known about this game for years and it's been one of these things where it's like it looks really attractive to us. Should we get it? If we did, how often would we be able to play? And that's kind of what started the idea of Jason coming here in the summer, me going there in the spring, and we were talking about doing a Kingdom Death campaign where we would essentially just play this game when we got together uh, to try mm-hmm. to keep a campaign going. That then turned into us just getting together and playing a bunch of other games because, you know, we didn't have Kingdom Death for a while. Mm-hmm. And then that eventually turned into us being like, we should podcast about these games because we just played like 15 games in three days. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was the inspiration, but uh, and and we've been doing this for what, like two years? Almost two years. Almost yeah. two years. And um, uh, and yeah, and we're sort of just getting around to playing. Just getting around to playing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Jason's, um, yeah. A lot of that has to do with the fact that it's like an expensive game. Um, yeah. So it's just the base mm, game is. Let's talk about like, that towards the end. Well, I mean, it's part of the reason why we're just talking about it now. I know. It's expensive. We'll get to that, though. Uh, Let's talk about how it plays and whether or not it's fun, what's fun about this game. Um, So what sets this game apart from other sort of like miniatures combat game or or miniatures co-op games where, you you know, like dungeon crawlers and such, right? Because this this plays the closest to a dungeon crawler when you're fighting the monster, you know, more so than a lot of other games. So. But there's um so one of the things that makes it different is that there's no actual dungeon. Um no. there's just sort of like a it's almost like an arena, except it's described as just being sort of like a point, you know, a space in the darkness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the vast darkness outside of your settlement. And so there's it's basically just like a big arena floor. Um so there's no like rooms or walls or anything. Sometimes there's terrain. Um once you get further into the game, there's always yeah, terrain, actually. Yeah. But it's sort of like a, you know, it, it's it's not a dungeon per se. It's just sort of like a space in the middle of this weird, you know, uh, place that you inhabit. An amorphous area. Right. And the large, you know, it, in, in a sort of traditional dungeon crawler, you know, you go to room to room and like you open a door and there's like a ton of monsters in it and you 
you know, mow them down and collect the treasure. Um, this doesn't work that way. So the majority of the game is you trying to, you know, trying to find something to kill, um, first off. And then once you find something, you endure, uh, what can be quite long combat sessions against this single entity. And it's not just, you know, you hit it and then, you know, and it's life points sort of trickle, you know, tick off one by one. Um, it's sort of, it weakens the monster every time you hit it. Well, first there's a chance to hit it. And then if you actually hit it, there's a chance to wound it. So like, there's a couple of different steps there. And if you actually manage to wound the thing, then what you end up doing is removing cards from the, uh, from the creature's AI deck, um, which is what controls how it moves and acts. Um, so eventually the AI deck will have no cards in it, which means that the monster is like on its last legs and you just have to hit it one more time. And it's, it's like reverse Gloomhaven in a way, because the monster now has like fewer and fewer types of things that it can do as its health whittles down. Right. Instead of the heroes yeah. being the ones that have that happening to them, it's the monsters. And in addition to how the health pool works like that, not only does the other thing that's kind of sets us apart is that when you hit the monster, and, and you get a hit when you attempt to actually wound it, which means you're actually sort of penetrating its thick hide or its armor or whatnot. Uh, you pull from a different deck that's called the hit location deck, yeah. and that does all kinds of different things. So, like, you know, it'll have, like, different rules for, like, if you crit it, if you do, do like, a critical hit, like, it'll have, like, certain sorts of, like, you know... Uh, disabilities or whatever that it'll do to the monster or certain like resources that you rip off of it or something or if you like say miss or you know even if it just even if you don't miss and, and it has like a reflex action or whatever uh after you hit it or whatever there's all kinds of different rules on the top half of the card that say what the monster does in response to what you're doing and it's like different on all the cards so the monster yeah. behavior isn't the exact same from moment to moment to moment it's different from moment to moment the monster can like rear up and like back you over it can like you know run at the wall it can spin around and like you know hit everybody or whatever um yeah. so it's a very it dynamic acquire, fight like, persistent effects yeah. that will last for the rest of the the fight and likewise with the with the survivors as well like the monster can inflict persistent effects on you not just for the duration of the fight but also sometimes for the duration of however long that survivor lasts in the yeah, campaign. I mean, it can rip your eye out, and then you have no eye for the rest of the campaign unless, right, like, you know, yeah. you, you find a magic way to get an eye back somehow, right? Or it does, like, permanent mental damage and then yeah. you're a hoarder for the rest of the... You know, yeah, the I became a binge eater right before I died last night. <laughs> a binge eater. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um. So, so, yeah, so that's sort of, like, an, another thing that I think sets it apart from, you know, traditional dungeon crawlers um is the the combat can be in some ways it seems weird because it's it's all done with an ai deck but it can also be really dynamic um it is really dynamic yeah uh which seems weird because it's programmed according to like these certain cards but the the but you know the way that that shakes out really is interesting to see every time you do it yeah and and after you fought the monster once or twice you start to learn some of its sort of like moves or some of the likely things that it's going to do in response to what you were doing and mm -hmm. you start to plan for that and you start to respond to that in certain ways like like now my wife and i have uh, been playing for well since christmas basically and we've got like certain gear that allows us to like check 
the top three cards of like the monster hit location deck or the you know the first two cards of the monster hit of uh, the uh, the AI deck and we can like reorder them if we need to so it's like okay let's put this after the second one because we know he's going to resolve the first one and we can't do anything about that but if we hit him before the second one resolves we can get that taken out and put it into the discard pile you know and you start playing all these different sort of strategies that are really effective and make you feel really clever and make the game feel like a lot more than just a roll dice see if you hit see if you don't hit sort of game mm-hmm. yeah the other the other part of this is that there's um uh the, the monsters uh, and i haven't gotten this far to be to be honest I've, I've only read about this part so you might be able to elaborate more on this but the monsters like level up um so you know you you battle like a level one thing and then hopefully you manage to defeat it and take back its bits and things like that and you can hunt uh at least the same type of monster over and over again but even that is not sort of static in in every instance in terms of like the mechanics involved because you can the monsters can level up well, you can well. choose which level of a monster you want to hunt right. when you go on a hunt. Yeah. And, and they generally have a level one through three. And there will be certain adjustments to their health pool, like how many AI cards they have in the deck, uh, what sort of special abilities they start with out on the board already. Like, they call them moods or traits, which are basically just sort of like, this is a really angry lion this time, right? And so he hits extra <laughs> hard. Or, you know, like the, the butcher shows up one time and you got to fight him and he starts out with the ability to just do two two attacks in a row, like two AI cards in a row, right? Um, so that can be one of the things that differentiates like a, a level two to a level one. Uh, in addition to that, there's like a few other things like they might get additional strength which means that now they're like you know uh hit make doing two damage instead of one damage or extra speed which means that now they're rolling more dice when they try to hit you um and likewise your survivors will get bonuses like that as they as they work their way through the game and those bonuses can come through the events that you do that give you permanent permanent bonuses or you know like detriments essentially throughout the game as well as gear that you have which can also add to those things so you know you might start out rolling two dice hitting you know like two d10s like you know uh 10 sided dice and you might start out only rolling and and hitting like on a seven and above right but like as you get better weapons and your survivor gets better at things now you know like we've been playing at the point where we've been hitting you know as low as like a two or i think one time i had like you know i hit on a one so i was like it was sure hit thing um where i just had so many bonuses stacked um stacked on at one point when fighting i think the antelope or something like that um and then you know you're rolling four dice instead of two or whatever because you've got some bonuses and hey i went berserk or whatever which is another ability that i just picked up um so it's just like there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on in this game, but it never feels overwhelming in terms of managing the game and running the game. Um, I feel more overwhelmed with Gloomhaven running that, and I like Gloomhaven a lot than I do running the combat in KDM. Um, it's a uh, it's really streamlined in a way that's really effective, but also keeps it really dynamic and really fun. Like it's really smart how they do it, and I think that that's surprising for a game that's been around now for five years because. Usually what we see is like, you know, you go back a few years and you start to feel like, you know, games that are a few years old, like four or five years old, they start to show their age. But I feel like this one, it feels fresh still to me when I when I've played it. Mm. Um, so we've been talking largely about the combat bit, um, but we've mentioned a couple of times that there's sort of this other bit. Um, the combat bit is definitely the flashy part because it's the one that involves, you know, the fighting and the minis and all that kind of stuff. But once you hopefully defeat the monster, you take like a bunch of its parts, you get parts of it. Um, like if anybody plays Monster Hunter, it's it's Monster Hunter. It is Monster Hunter. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you get parts of this, the thing that you've killed, then you bring them back to the settlement and then you can do things with them. 
um, mostly make gear and stuff, but sometimes you can uh, you use them to contribute to gaining a new uh, a new skill or technology or or something. A new vendor or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and so your settlement builds out. Um, you make choices as it's as you are doing that. So it's like, I you know the one that Kyle and I did together. One of the first things you learn is language, um, and then once you learn language, you have to choose somebody that then like sort of becomes like a the wise person of the <laughs> of the settlement, and they spend most of their time contemplating life and 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 things like that, and then. Like, if the first time one of your survivors dies, your settlement, like, has to deal with death, and you're sort of trying to decide whether we're going to, like, bury our dead, uh, and that gives you certain bonuses, or whether we're going to sort of cannibalize them, and that gives you certain bonuses as well. So, um, but, you know, different from the the other one. So, there's a lot of, um, you know, sort of branching... Uh, trees here that that go along with building the settlement. Yeah, and it creates persistent changes with your settlement, your civilization. Like, like it's not just a bonus that you get when you make that choice. There will be some of that. You like roll on a table to like get like an immediate bonus. But then there's like persistent bonuses that affect what happens like every time somebody dies from now on, or something that affects something every time you have a new child born in your settlement or whatever. Because there's rules for that as well. Um, and and so there'll just be like all kinds of different modifications that happen over time where. Now we're like five years into the game, I think, um, which basically means we've done like, I think like five or six fights in the game. Uh, And when we do our settlement phase, it's kind of an involved thing. I mean, it feels like a simulation game where now, like we start out deciding where we're going to spend all these endeavors. And then we also have to do an event. And maybe there's, there's a random event you do every, every settlement phase. Then there may be like some other like sort of scripted events that show up and you make these choices and you roll on these tables and you get certain outcomes and they're always really interesting. I mean, like, at least 90% of the time, they're really interesting. There's, like, I think one time where I was like, this is boring. Let's just cheat. You know, and we just chose something else. <laughs> but, um, like, most of the time, like, 99% of the time, I'm going to say, like, they're interesting. They're fun. Oftentimes, they'll do bad things to you. But oftentimes, those bad things still come with a silver lining. You know, like, like uh, my wife lost an eye today. But in addition to that, she got plus one permanent luck. So her accuracy for her bow user went down, but now she crits on a wider range. So, like, when she hits, it's harder for her to hit, but it's easier for her to get that critical hit, which can be really important in these fights. And all that happened during the settlement phase, because, like, these things just happen as you're doing all these different upgrades with your characters and and kind of, like, moving them forward with experience and having these events that happen. And it feels like a wild sort of choose-your-own-adventure game. Uh, you know, we were talking about what it reminds us of, and it kind of reminded me of, um, well, my wife mentioned uh, Arabian Nights, Tales of the Arabian Nights. Oh, yeah. Like, how just all these crazy different things can happen to your character. Only in this game, rather than Arabian Nights, it feels really impactful and meaningful to how the game's going to play out for the rest of the time. Mm. So... Uh, dear listeners, it's <laughs> you might have gotten the impression that already that we're rather fond of this game. Uh, yeah. Would you say that's appropriate, Kyle? <laughs> uh, we've been playing it every day for like a week and a half. Um, it's just <laughs> it's been permanently set up on our dining room table. We haven't torn it down once. It's just been out, and it's just been sort of this like unspoken thing that anytime my wife and I have a free half hour to an hour to do anything, we're at that table playing Kingdom Death Monster. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and in addition to that, like, if I'm not playing Kingdom Death Monster and I have a free moment to myself, I'm doing the minis, right? I'm, like, you know, gluing up new miniatures and, you know, painting them. Or, you know, I just did a bunch of basing today with the starter miniatures. So, you know, that's the other part of this, is that 
if you are think you might be interested in this game, think about all the stuff we've already talked about in terms of the gameplay, but then also think about how you feel about a miniature hobby game, because that's as much of this package as the gameplay part of it is, in my opinion, because there's so much of it, and it would be a huge waste to spend as much money as you need to spend on this game and not enjoy the miniature part of it. <laughs> um, which means like, you know, cutting parts off of sprues, assembling them with glue, and then deciding what you want to do from there, whether you just want to play with them, you know, like unpainted, or you want to like do like a quick dirty paint job that makes them look better, or like a really mm-hmm. intricate paint job that makes them look amazing. And, you know, we're doing something kind of in the middle, um, but we're really happy with that. And it's really satisfying. And in assembling miniatures is something that I enjoy. Painting is something my wife and I both enjoy. And so for us, this package is overall really good for us. Uh, the gameplay in the package, uh, the, the campaign is phenomenal. I love it. Um, I don't really have any complaints other than there's a few things that I'm a wimp about that I just kind of wish like I could grind over and over again and then go into the harder fights when I feel like I'm ready. The game isn't that nice. It makes you do the harder fights when it's when it tells you it's time. So you may not have all the things that you feel like you need in order to go in and fight the butcher when he shows up, you know, or like the king's man when he shows up or whatever. Uh, so you mm-hmm. might just get thrown into some fights that you feel like you were not prepared for. That can happen in this game. Your entire party can wipe. It doesn't have kid gloves, okay? But other than that, the game is phenomenal, and I'm loving it to death. But again, the hobby thing, the miniature part, I think that that's part, something that you have to at least a little bit enjoy in order to get the full experience and the full enjoyment out of this package. So I basically agree with everything that Kyle just said with one additional thing, is that this game, so thematically, the game is very dark. It's uh, it's billed as like a nightmare horror kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And the... I mean, a lot of some of the minis can be kind of gruesome. Um, the artwork you know, is very gruesome. In the the artwork can be, yeah, the artwork can be kind of, uh, you know, very visceral. Um, but the thing that comes along with that also is that there's like a, a really weird, like dark sense of humor to it. Yeah, there is. Like the game can be really funny. Yeah, it can. <laughs> so in the the scenario that um, that Kyle and I played when he was here. Um, the i mean one of the things that struck me as incredibly funny was the fact that like one of the bits that we got off of the lion that we killed were were its testicles <laughs> what i'm make... supposed to do with those i don't know you make a <laughs> frenzy drink i'm drinking lion balls you do <laughs> <laughs> they make you hit real good nice <laughs> but i was like really <laughs> this is where we're going with this and that was just sort of one like example of that like there's a lot of other stuff well, and the too. card the card when you pull it when you pull that pull the hit location card and you crit it says you hit him in the ding dong and then it <laughs> tells you that you keep his scrotum basically right i think the flavor text on the card says like a heavy pair or something yeah yeah something <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> You know, but stuff like that. I mean, I, it's just, I mean, even when Kyle and I had the, the discussion about, like, what to do with our dead people. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought that whole conversation was really funny. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of humorous <laughs> things that come out of this. And then there's moments where you're just like, oh, my God, this is just so, so terrible. Like, I feel so crappy right now because, like, two of my people died. I'm so resentful at you because, like, you're coming home with, like, extra gear now or whatever, right? You oh, got, yeah. like, you know, bonuses or whatever. So there can be moments where you're just, like, you're just 
really, really frustrated too. Um, but in the end, like you, you get back to camp and you're like, oh right, we've got like 12 other survivors here just waiting to like come up and stop warming, warming the bench. And, and it's fine because like as you get further and further into the campaign, those survivors start off with more than the earlier survivors did. And so you don't mm-hmm. feel like you're going all the way back to step one. It does feel like a game that is constantly making you go one step forward, two steps back. And it's making you sort of, like, struggle to get it to the point where you're going two steps forward, one step back. But it's never going to get better than that, right? Like, the right. game is always taking something from you. Even if you're getting more than that, it's taking something. And so it's making it feel like a struggle 100% of the time, even if you are making progress. Hmm. Um, so there's one other thing that I really think that we should mention here, which is that, so, I mean... It, Kyle talked a lot about the the mini hobby aspect of it. Uh-huh. Um, the the company the, and the artists that put this game out have a line of miniatures that are sort of alternate takes on uh, the minis that they've put in the game, uh, and they're called they're called pinup versions. Basically, they're like versions of characters in the game that you imagine like a fourteen year old teenager that's into hentai would look at that was that was that's basically my description of like what i thought when i found some of those pictures was like this is what i drew when i was 13 and like i was like i'm gonna draw the biggest boobs i can draw on a girl where no, when no one's looking that's what i'm gonna do in this little corner of the art room today you know yeah um, like the most and immature like they're cartoonish like and pervy. really immature and just kind of gross. They're just gross. <laughs> they're pervy. They're they're very pervy. They're pervy. Right? Yeah. Right. Um. So, I mean, that is there. Um. You, you but it's not it. part of the base game. It's not part of the base game. I mean, there's plenty of nudity and like sexualized individuals in in the main book, right? In the main sure. game, but yeah. it's not done to this extreme, right? It's not done to this crazy like pubescent boy. Like, like fantasy world extreme objectifying yeah, extreme. yeah. It, it just it, it just looks like a bunch of like really really well-developed males and females that are like naked basically uh right. and eating each other or whatever right and that's what you <laughs> see in the base game uh and 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 in the the pinup stuff that's where it looks like just i don't like yeah like i guess like a hentai thing or like just like a crazy like this is my fantasy cartoon girl, but I'm you know like a twelve year old boy sort of thing. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. I mean, like it's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, it's not part of the base game. But if you decide that you like the game well enough that you're going to go to the website, you're going to see it. I mean, it's there. You go to right. the store and it is there. And so right. it's not like people are like, you can just avoid that. Like that's the defense for this like existing. And that's not true. You can't avoid it. You don't have to buy it, but you can't avoid being exposed to it necessarily. So it's there. And I feel like for me at least, it's like a little embarrassing to have like to like for this to be such a game that i'm so into and like i want to share it with people and be like look at this amazing thing this is really special but now we're going to the website and oh please don't look at that (laughs) yeah i know yeah yeah so be aware be aware yeah you have been warned cautionary tale yeah um the other thing that we have to mention is the price tag which we mentioned before is quite expensive how much Um, is this game jason so the base game is four hundred dollars four hundred dollars us that's just the base game that's none of the expansions so right 
Um, I mean, granted, you're getting a lot of stuff for $400, but it's still $400. <laughs> it's the nicest stuff you'll have from a board game company, right? Like, right. it's got this yeah. nice hardbound rule book that has all the campaign stuff inside of it with amazing art. And there's tons of artwork, really detailed miniatures. A very useful insert that's already in the box. I didn't feel like I needed to make or buy a second insert at all with this game. Yeah, like stacks and stacks of cards. But it's $400, and I mean, like, that's, like, how much I played for my PS4 when it came out. So, like, that thing plays a lot more games than Kingdom Death Monster does. Sure. (laughs) So, you gotta know what you're getting into, right? This is a hobby-style game. This is, like, this is when you're not worried about the money anymore, and you're just like, this is, there's only one thing like this, and I need to own it. So, I guess $400 is the price. When you get to that point, you spend the money, you're going to have a great time. If you're not at that point because you're still in college or money's tight, then, you know, there are other things for you to enjoy until that moment. <laughs> it's true. But I am thrilled that I've got it in my house. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. All right. We are running short on time. Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, Jason, if people would like to get a hold of us and uh, let us know what the their favorite hentai is, because I don't know <laughs> any of them. Where would we start? Okay. Well, How would they let to, us know? Uh, you know, to send us your favorite tentacle porn, you Next. can <laughs> email us. It's podcast at limitedplaytime.com. You can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. You can tweet us at limitedplaytime or go to Instagram at limitedplaytimepodcast. Next week, we're going to be talking about one of the most hyped games of the second half of last year. <laughs> Tapestry. Uh, this is from Stonemeyer Games, the people that made uh, Scythe and Wingspan, or they published Wingspan. Uh, so that's what you're going to have next week. So come on back and listen to that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in one week. Later. Bye. Bye.